0: Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first purchase. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. up everybody? Welcome to Locked on Tigers. I'm your host Chris Castellani. It is, good lord, what day is it? It is Wednesday, December 16th. I'm sorry, I'm tired. 2020, thank you for tuning in today. This is definitely an off-season show because I'm going to talk about someone on the first segment today that after 2015 I didn't think I would ever talk about again and that's Ian Kroll. And I guess that's where we'll start. The Tigers made a big splash and the free agency market, not really. They signed Ian Kroll, pitcher to a minor league deal. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he pitched for the Tigers. He was originally drafted by the Oakland A's, traded to the Washington Nationals farm system, made his major league debut in 2013 with the Nats, and pitched some all right baseball 32 appearances for them, 395 ERA, but was traded. After the 2013 season to the Tigers, he was part. Of the Doug Fister robbie Ray deal. I believe Ian Kroll and Robbie Ray were traded to the Tigers. Where Doug Fister was traded to the Washington Nationals. A trade that to this day I still never liked. Even back then I didn't like it. And over time while Doug Fister He had that one great year with the Nationals. That always bothered me. I love Doug Fister, And I thought that that was a bad deal for the Tigers. But whatever you know it's water under the bridge. The Tigers believed Ian Kroll was going to be a key piece of that bullpen over the next several years. That's why they made that move. I mean, the reason they lost in the ALCS in 2013 was because the bullpen imploded in Game 2 and in Game 6, and they felt like the back end of that pen with Bruce Rondon and Ian Kroll was going to be a bullpen that was going to be feared by many and of course they added Joe Nathan as well after the 2013 season we know how that went and it never worked out for him made 45 appearances in 2014 which for the life of me I do not remember I remember the 2014 Tigers I watched every game I I don't remember him pitching that much that year but did make uh, many appearances 45 games 496 ERA and it was really the next year I feel like where they believed he was going to take kind of that next step forward. He was going to be 24 in 2015, and he wasn't good at all. Two and three with a five seven nine ERA, and at that point the Tigers kind of gave up on him. And credit to Alavila, this is one of the few moves that I actually thought was good this was after the 2015 season when the Tigers still believed that they had an opportunity and were going for it now of course Avila's signings that offseason as I've talked about many times were genuinely atrocious with Upton and Pelfrey and Zimmerman and Lowe but one of the good moves he did make was that they traded for Cameron Maben and they sent Ian Kroll to the Atlanta Braves now Ian Kroll in fairness in 2016 had his one and only good season as a Major League pitcher. He was two and zero with a three one eight ERA, WHIP pretty high, but a FIP of two nine one. He wasn't that bad that season. Strikeout numbers way up. Stuff was never the issue with him, and that was you know he was a classic kind of arm that somebody like Dombrowski liked. Fastball in the mid nineties. I believe he had kind of a, a overhand curveball. As well. Seemed like he was starting to put it all together and then in 2017 fell apart. Pitched one game in 2018 with the Los Angeles Angels. I believe was part of the twin system last year or maybe even in 2020 as well. But the Tigers just signed him to a minor league deal. Here's what I will say because Ian Kroll I believe is going to be 30 years old this year. I'm i o- I'm more okay with that than signing somebody like you know like a Francisco Liriano who was like thirty-five and had a lot of city miles and a lot of injuries. This is a guy who has only pitched 190 innings in Major League Baseball. Uh, I'll, I'll preface all of this by saying he's not going to do anything here. Like, I, I do think he'll probably pitch at some point during the season, but I, I don't think he's going to amount to much. You know, he had his opportunity with the Tigers, he had his opportunity with other teams, and hasn't been very good, but they're if they're going to nickel and dime, which they seem hell-bent on doing, I would rather you make a move for a guy like this who maybe has a little bit of upside than some, you know, schmuck in his mid-30s whose best year's are behind him. I don't think Ian Kroll is going to do anything for this baseball team, and I think, quite frankly, they were making a big deal out of this. Good Lord, you had Ian Kroll posting a huge thing on Twitter about it. Writers were posting about it. Ian Kroll has returned to Detroit. What does it mean? That means nothing. He's not He's not going to do anything for this team. Yeah, I don't think he'll, he'll be very good. It's kind of sad to me that in year five of a rebuild on December 16th of year five of a rebuild, their biggest signing so far has been Ian Kroll. To a minor league contract I think that's kind of pathetic but look I I I hope truly because it seems like he wants to make this work he was tweeting and talking about how this is a revenge tour for him Uh, the last time I I know of a revenge tour was 2018 Michigan football and uh, that did not work out too well if people remember that he's 62 to 39 loss when you were favored going into Columbus that year I still shiver thinking about that so that's the move that the Tigers seem to have made I guess that's their big free agency splash so far Hopefully he finds something and turns it around. I I do think if there is one positive, maybe a little bit more depth to that bullpen, because that was one of the things about last year's team that I actually complimented was the fact that there were a few guys, Brian Garcia, Daniel Norris in the long relief role. Yeah, Joe Jimenez stinks, but you still have Buck Farmer and Cisnero and Gregory Soto. There's a few guys in that pen that I think genuinely have a little bit of upside. I would like to see this team go out and sign, you know, the equivalent of a Trevor May. Get a guy for a one-year, $7 million deal and see if he can add some depth in the back end of that bullpen. The Tigers are allergic to that. They're allergic to the possibility of spending money and actually signing big-time free agents or even free agents that may actually help the team or signing uh, free agents to major league contracts. But whatever, they believe Ian Kroll may help the baseball team. So, So be it. Sure. Good luck. Yeah, that's all I have to say. That'll do it for segment number one. When I come back, I'm going to talk about uh, something that came out on MLB.com yesterday. MLB Pipeline released the top 100 draft prospects for the upcoming 2021 draft. I'm going to talk about that when we return. Be right back. The Improved Built Bar is even more delicious 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other Original flavors, bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Coming up on Locked on Tigers this week, still talking about that hot stove. Hopefully it starts to heat up and the Tigers sign some players, but even if they don't, other teams will be making moves, and I'm going to talk about what those moves mean for the Tigers, what they mean for the AL Central, and what they mean for Major League Baseball. All that will be discussed and more this week on Locked on Tigers. Chris Castellani, back with you here on Locked on Tigers, as I teased at the end of segment number one. Jim Callis released the list of the top 100 MLB draft prospects coming into the 2021 draft. Let me jump in by saying right away, this is very, very subject to change. Now, right now, Kumar Rocker is the number one rated prospect. The first kind of official mock draft had him going to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'll shoot my shot here and say, I bet that sticks. I don't think there's going to be a better prospect in the Major League Draft in 2021 than Kumar Rocker, pitcher from Vanderbilt. The guy was an absolute beast. Probably could have gone pro. I mean, couldn't have, but if he would have been able to go pro after his freshman year in 2019 when he was College World Series MVP, may have gone in the top five. The guy's stuff is absolutely lethal. The Tigers, of course, have the number three pick in this draft, and Jim Callis said that they would if this thing were to go down today. Draft Adrian Del Castillo, a catcher out of the University of Miami, Florida. Little excerpt here says, Del Castillo offers the best combination of power and patience in the 2021 draft class with more extra base hits and walks 39 extra base hits and 43 walks then strikeouts with 32 in 77 games during his first two seasons at Miami. He'll be an impact bat even if he can't stay behind the plate, which is a question. Personally, from the little bit about this stuff that I know, cuz there are other people who study this stuff in intensely. I'm straight up. I'm not a huge draft guy. Like I've gotten into it over the last several years because I ha- I've had to, to kind of restore my sanity and allow myself to have a little bit of hope about the future of this organization. But outside of like the top 5 to 10 draft prospects, I, kn- I know very little about this stuff. Like go to uh, Jay Markle, he does a great job. He knows, I mean, he I think he would have been able to name every single player that was named in the last 5 drafts. I mean, he's a machine with that stuff. But personally, based on the things I've watched and the things that I've seen and what the Tigers need... Judd Fabian, who Jim Callis had as the number four prospect. Right now going to the Red Sox. He's an outfielder from Florida. Both those schools, Miami and Florida. Baseball powerhouses. Florida especially lately. I mean you look back at that that World Series championship run that they had in 2017. I mean they had three starters who ended up going pretty high in the MLB draft. You have Alex Fajardo who obviously went to the Tigers. You had Brady Singer. and You had Dane Dunning. I mean that's an all-time great college rotation. But Judd Fabian was listed as the number four prospect. Just reading off the excerpt here. Fabian might be the most polarizing prospect among the eight players who seem to have separated themselves from the rest of the draft class at this point. He could have the most usable power in the draft and may stay in center field, but he also just hit 250 with a 22% strikeout rate in two seasons at Florida. So there are, you know, a few hiccups, question marks to his game, but personally, like, and, and again, we are really, you know, looking down the road here. The draft is not until June, but personally, I. Think a lot of people would raise eyebrows at the idea of the Tigers drafting another "quote unquote" catcher of the future. I do have to say, it, this this would be, and again, we're we're looking down the road here. I, I got to keep saying that this would be their third catcher of the future in five years. You know what would be a really easy way to solve that problem? How about you sign JT Realmuto? Like, I'm that's part of the reason why I've been so for this. It's like they've cl- they've clearly shown an inability to develop at the catcher position I mean I mean they've shown an inability to develop at pretty much all positions but especially at catcher like your best catching prospect over the last 20 years or so has been James McCann who whether it be he fixed himself or they ruined him is up for debate but went to another team and became an all-star and just signed a four-year 40.6 million dollar deal with the New York Mets besides that you've had Griner and you've had John Hicks and you've had Jake Rogers like and now potentially you have this Adrian uh, Del Castillo guy, and again, a number three pick potentially in the draft. Maybe he'd be a wonderful player, but personally, I think the Tigers may need a little bit more help in the outfield and even in the infield positions as well, though I feel like with Paredes and with Torkelson and even with the emergence last season of Jamer Candelario that that out infield I'm sorry may get a little bit crowded over the next several years right now in terms of outfield prospects and uh, as far as the big guys because you have the the Cabrera kid from LSU but I I think that in terms of some of the big prospects in this organization you kind of have Riley Green and that's it I, I would recommend Maybe straying away from that, seeing what you can do to fill the holes that need filling. Again, with a draft, often though, you do just kind of take the best guy available. Position doesn't really matter. And even in Jim Callis's little write-up here, it says that he may not even stay at catcher. Like I said, long ways away. We'll see what happens with this draft going forward. Another thing that came out that I do want to discuss, and that's that there has been some talk about the possibility of Major League Baseball's 2021 season being shortened and starting as late as May, you know, COVID's thrown everything for a loop. I understand that, but I I do – I am a little bit perplexed by this just because, like, I think that by March, maybe even February, you know, I think the idea of every Major League Baseball player possibly getting vaccinated for COVID-19 – I think could be a legitimate thing. My guess is that's the reason why they, they're considering pushing this thing back. They may believe that uh, this may not be a likelihood, the idea of every player potentially getting a, a, a vaccination before March or April. You know, it's very frustrating, especially coming off the year we just had where you only played 60 games. You know, you want to see them play the full 162, but you got to do what's best to avoid having COVID be a headache in 2021. And if they believe that the best course of action is to play 140 something games, you know, that's okay. Like, last year, and and last year, what made it so frustrating is, like, I was willing to go with them. I was willing to be flexible with that. Hey, you know what? If you can only get 100 games in, so be it. Hell, if you can only get 81 games in, that was kind of like my cutoff. If you want to just say, hey, we're doing half a season, and then we're going to have this expanded postseason, I'd have been like, all right. once you got down to 60 games, the whole thing just became a complete joke, but 140 games, I mean, that's not that far off from 162. I'd be willing to accept it, especially if it means avoiding another COVID headache, which is what this entire year has been defined by. They're in the very early stages and it was only something that I believe a few owners recommended, but it's definitely going to be something to watch as we get closer to spring training because by then I feel like they're going to have to make some sort of decision. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I Two O one Four. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers while you're at it. Go to Apple Podcast. Go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be right back here tomorrow to cover a little bit more Tigers and baseball news. I will see you right back here on Thursday. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.